I don't need to remind you of the times in your life when you have wandered off the path. Where instead of becoming more like Him, we become less like Him. What does He do? He comes and finds us. And He leads us back. Because He is a good shepherd who wants to guide His sheep. And He wants us to follow Him. Are you looking for meaning or a word from God that's relevant to your life? Are you searching for a better understanding of who God is? Well, you're in the right place. You found the Gary Talks About God podcast. This is a weekly podcast that comes to you from the pulpit of Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church in Germantown, North Carolina. The podcast is hosted by Red Bank Senior Pastor Gary Sanders. Now let's get ready to take that walk through God's Word with our pastor, teacher, and friend. Hey, he's that guy we call Gary. And Isaiah 9 in just a minute. Isaiah 9. And we are going to start this morning our Advent uh, series. I, kn- I know that I am uh, a week late on that. Advent technically started uh, last week. Uh, I was telling Sue earlier when it starts on Sunday, it always con- or November, it always kind of throws me off. It always starts on, on Sunday. But November kind of throws me off. And you know that Advent is a time of preparation. A time when we are preparing ourselves for the coming Messiah. Now, here's a just a, a quick, interesting historical side note, just because I like interesting historical side notes. Maybe you will as well. The very first mention of Advent uh, that you can see as you go back through and look through church history is around 300 A.D., so relatively soon after uh, Christ, uh, you know, resurrection and ascension into heaven. So not too far after that, the church started celebrating Advent. However, when they started celebrating Advent, it wasn't really His first coming. See, the word Advent comes to us from the Latin. And from the Latin, they translated the Greek. The Greek word, Greek word was Parousia, which if you have been studying with us on Wednesday night, you know that means coming. But it means coming as it relates to his second coming. So for the first 1,200 or so, 1,400 years of Advent, the focus was not on his first coming. The focus was on his second coming. And so they would spend two weeks on his second coming and then a couple weeks on his first coming. About the 1500s is when it changed to focusing entirely on his first coming. Uh, his birth, that that we kind of continue into that mold. But if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because we don't live before His first coming. Uh, you know, His first coming's already happened. We're living afterwards. We're waiting for His next advent. We're waiting for Him to return and to come back. So there is an element in this, the celebration of advent when we're looking back to His first coming, but we're also, as believers, living afterwards, looking forward to His return. And this morning, we're going to begin by answering the question, who is this Messiah? Who who is this promised Messiah? And and over the next four Sundays, we are going to answer that question. Because what we find is from the prophet Isaiah that there is four answers to that question. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. It's a very familiar passage to you. You know it well. If you don't know it well by reading it, then you know it well because the choir has sung it on more than one occasion. And it reminds us of who this coming Messiah is. 
So begin in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, reading down to verse 7. And we're going to specifically focus on verse, verse 6 over the next several weeks, but I'd like for us to hear the entire uh, passage. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of this burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling, tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and evermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This morning, the first answer to the question, who is this coming Messiah, we are told is, he is a wonderful counselor. He is a wonderful counselor. Now that title combines two very different ideas. The first is wonderful. And it means not just like we use it today. We use, oh, that's so wonderful. And, and we don't mean it to define something supernatural or miraculous, just that it's wonderful. It's better than normal. You know, it, it's, it's wonderful. But originally, this word really is, focuses our attention to something that has happened that is miraculous or supernatural, something that could only be done by God. And you see this as you go through the Bible and you look at where the word wonderful is used and even the word wonder, you will notice that it always points back to God. Man is not called wonderful. What we do is not called wonderful. But what God does is called wonderful. What God does, says, inspires a sense of wonder in man. Why? Because it is miraculous. It is supernatural. The fact that there is going to be one to come who will sit on the king, on David's throne forever and ever is something of wonder, something supernatural that we cannot do. Even David himself could not sit on his throne forever and ever. At the same time, we are told that he is going to be a counselor. He's going to be giving wise advice. So as we understand these two things together, because God is wisdom. He is the author of all wisdom. So the coming Messiah will be one who will display miraculous acts through wisdom. Because the wisdom that He provides and the counsel that He provides goes well beyond human counsel or knowledge. So this morning as we look at this as Jesus, the coming Messiah, is a wonderful counselor. I want you to just notice four things that that means for us this morning. And the first is this. The wonderful counselor understands us. All right? The wonderful counselor understands us. Now, I know as we talk about counselor, in the back of our mind, we're, we're going to automatically think human counselor because we, we are familiar with that. And this morning, as, as we do that, just as a little caveat, I, I want you to hear me. I am not denigrating any counselor. 
Okay, I'm not saying counselors are not important. I'm not saying that they are not good at what they do. The world needs counselors. The world needs godly counselors. So please don't think that I am denigrating anybody in the counseling profession. I am, I am not doing that. But the wonderful counselor that we have far exceeds any human counselor. We go to a human counselor because we want to go to someone who can understand us. Someone that we can describe what is going on in our lives and, and they understand and we need someone who can understand us and can speak insight into our lives. So that's who we seek out. Just a really odd illustration because I, I felt kind of nervous about using it saying if you're going to see a counselor for this, you're, you're not going to go to a counselor for this. So this is a bizarre illustration, all right, and uh, I understand that, but I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. You know, if, if you were going to go buy an airplane, you decide you wanted a plane one day, you, you're going to go find somebody who owns a plane to ask all the questions because they understand you. They understand what it, what it means that you want to have a plane and, and, and fly, and they can answer all your questions, and they can provide insight to you to answer that question, right? You're not going to go talk to somebody who owns a boat, what does a person who owns a boat know about owning a plane? So you seek out a counselor. You seek out somebody who understands you. Now watch this. Jesus, as our wonderful counselor, already understands us. Right? You go to see a counselor and you tell them, hey, this is what is going on so that they can understand you. Jesus, we find out, already understands us. And He understands us better than we understand ourselves. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And I know a lot of times we focus at that last part about without sin, He didn't sin, and we know that Jesus was perfect. But did you catch the beginning where it says that He understands you because He can sympathize with you? Sympathize literally means to suffer along. I tell you what, I find that comforting this morning. <laughs> Are you suffering during 2020? Anybody? Anyone bold enough to raise your hand? I mean, I know I am. This is how bad it is. This is how bad it got for me last week, right? I told y'all, or I have told you before, that I'm very visual. I like to see everything. So at the end of last year, I went through and I, I made a calendar where I printed out each month on a sheet of paper, right? So January, February, March, April. And I cut out this big board and I attached it to my wall and I put those sheets of paper because I like to be able to just to stand back. I, I, I'm a big picture guy. I like to be able to stand back and see the big picture, right? So I was so excited. Right. Last year, I, I had that down and I was going through and I, I, I was I was just I was so excited on Sundays, you know, Sundays, you know, worship, you know, deacons meeting, you know. All right. Lord's Supper. And I, I was just going through, had my events, had everything up and I, I was so happy. Then March 13th happened. I had to go get a big red sharpie. And X, 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 X. You know, so the other day I was sitting there and I was looking at my calendar and this was, you know, this this week and I was looking at the calendar and I did something that I never do. I, I call it superstitious if you want. I don't care. I never mark off a day if that day hasn't ended. 
Okay, I, I, I don't. It doesn't make sense. I feel like if I do, then the day's going to end before, or I'm going to end before the day does. I, I, I know it doesn't make sense. I was sitting there and I was looking at that calendar and I was just, I was so just frustrated. But I ripped that thing off the wall, balled it up, took it outside, and set it on fire in my fire pit. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I just, I was just like, just, just, just no more. I told Will that, and Will goes. It's a little early for you, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, the family knows I don't do that. Now here, and I bring that up because I think all of us here this morning kind of feel like that. Jesus cares for me. He understands for me. And He can sympathize with me. He sympathizes with the suffering that I had and that all of you had for everything that we had to cancel this year. For those of you who, who have been impacted by this financially, Jesus sympathizes with you. He understands what you're going through. For, for those of you who have maybe in the past have, have lost a job, Jesus can sympathize. For those of you who have ever been lied about, Jesus can sympathize. For those of you who have ever been in need, Jesus can sympathize. Ever felt like you're at the bottom of your rope and you've tied your knot and the knot is fraying? Jesus, as a wonderful counselor, can sympathize with us. He understands what you're going through. He is not an aloof Savior who has no concern about His people. He understands you. That's why when you finish, uh, continue reading in Hebrews and you read verse 16, it says, let us then, we have a high priest who can sympathize with us in, in our suffering. So what do we do then? It says, all right, here's the answer. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We have a high priest who can sympathize with us. And then that high priest says, now since I am your great high priest, when you are in need, when you are overwhelmed, when you are burnt out, when you are maligned, when you are just hanging on to the end of your rope, we're told to boldly go to the throne of the one who can sympathize with us. So that in that moment, Jesus can lavish His mercy and His grace upon you and give you exactly what you need. Jesus, as the wonderful counselor, understands us. Jesus, as the wonderful counselor, cares for us. He cares for us. Right? Again, you go to a counselor, you want to be cared for. That's, that's the whole point. I, I have a problem, Mr. Counselor, Mrs. Counselor, and I'm here because I, I need you to care for me. I'm having a hard time caring for myself right now. Will, will you care for me? Right? It's not very much different than going to a doctor. You go to a doctor, I'm sick. Will you care for me? We go to a counselor because the counselor cares for us. Jesus, as a wonderful counselor, cares for us. You know why? Because you're valuable to Him. You are valuable to the counselor. Matthew 6, 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Right? Think about the analogy here. 
Jesus talks about a bird. Let's talk about a sparrow because he, he mentions a sparrow specifically in Matthew 10 and around here sparrows are plentiful. And you see the birds and they fly and they go around and, 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 and they eat and they have stuff that they need. Why? They have all that because it says here that God prepares, or excuse me, God takes care of them. And so Jesus says, if something that we would think is so inconsequential as a little sparrow, right? If a little sparrow, Matthew 10 says, a little sparrow falls to the ground, he knows about it. We see a sparrow fall to the ground. We don't think much about it, right? Compare that if you saw like a, a hawk or something on the ground, a sparrow, you're like, oh, that's kind of bad. A hawk, oh my goodness, what happened to the hawk? Jesus says something as small and plentiful and inconsequential as we might see as, as a bird is important to Jesus and He takes care of them, then how much more important are you to Jesus? You as His people, you as a believer in Christ, He says, you are valuable to Me. And as such, I care for you. You look at His ministry over and over and over through the ministry of Jesus. He cared for people, right? The leper that nobody would touch, he touched. The children that nobody would, would allow near him, he said, leave them alone and let them come to me. The woman who was caught in adultery, think about this. The woman was caught in the middle of adultery. Her life was so little value to the people who drug her before Jesus that they were willing to execute her to prove their point. Jesus said, no, her life is valuable to me. For 38 years, a man laid by the pool of Siloam hoping that somebody would put him in the pool to be healed. For 38 years, people stepped over him and ignored him until Jesus walked by and said, Arise, pick up your mat and go. Why? Because He is a wonderful counselor who cares for us. And Jesus cares for you today too. This morning, you may think with everything that has been going on in your life and everything that has happened this year, it, you might go, well, Gary, it, it seems uh, uh, plainly obvious to me that, that Jesus doesn't care about me. I don't have any nice way to say this except for that's just a lie. It's just a lie. You're talking about the Savior who we are told used His hands to knit you together. You ever watch somebody knit? They have to use their hands. They have to work at it. It takes skill. It takes patience. It takes attention. It takes precision. Tell me again how this very God who says He knitted you together in the womb with His own hands doesn't care about you. Don't get confused with a lie that says Christianity is easy and that Christianity means that you won't have any troubles and God doesn't care for me. Those two are not the same. As a believer, you were never promised a life free of trouble, of tribulation, of sorrows. But what you were promised was a Savior who cares for you and would be with you during those times of difficulty. 
tomorrow when you get up, start your day a little bit different. Start your day and remind yourself that Jesus is a wonderful counselor who cares about you. And see how that improves or impacts your mood the rest of the day. I guarantee you, if you do that, then when something kind of goes a little sideways the rest of the day, it won't blow you off course that far because you know that your Savior cares for you. Thirdly, wonderful counselor provides for us. The wonderful counselor provides for us. Again, you go to a counselor, you, you want something to be provided for you. Usually what, what you want is, is you want to know, hey, why am I doing this? And provide for me some steps that I can change my behavior. Right? I mean, I mean that's why people go to counseling. Jesus, as our wonderful counselor, provides for you. Matthew 6, 8 says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I find that a pretty amazing statement. Jesus knows what I need before I even ask. You're struggling with something today? Jesus knows what you need before you even ask. It, it tells me that Jesus, again, knows all about me. It tells me that He knows about my past. He knows what happened to get me to the place that I'm in. He knows about me in the present. He, he knows what's happening and how that is impacting me now. And it tells me that He knows the future and, and what's going to happen in, in, in the days to come. It says that He already knows before I even ask. And at this point, you may be tempted to go, okay, why do I even have to ask? Well, again, I think the answer to that is implicit in the, in the, in the verse. It says, He knows before you ask. There is still an element for us that we need to come and ask Him. We still need to go to Him. Again, go back to the Hebrews verse. What does it say? It says, let us come to Him. It does not say that He's going to jump off the throne and track us down and say, hey, in this midst of your sorrow, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of everything that is happening in your suffering, here's what you're going to need, and I'm going to force it on you right now. Take it, even if you don't like it. It's one of those great mysteries about the Christian faith. Christ has what we need. God has what we need. At the same time, He desires us to come to Him and say, Father, I need what You already know that I need. He wants us to come and express our dependency on Him. To say, hey, I, I know that today's going to be hard and, and I know I've got to face this event coming up this afternoon. I don't know what I need, God, but I'm going to lean on you today and I'm asking you to provide for me what I need. Because another aspect of that is you may think that you need X and God goes, no, 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 what you really need is Y. And He gives it to you. If you need wisdom, He's going to give you wisdom. If you need strength, He's going to give you strength. Patience, He's going to give you patience. If you need rest, He'll give you rest. Why? Because He provides for us. He's a wonderful counselor. And He can provide for us what we need, even when we don't know what it is we need. And you know what? When Jesus gives... 
He gives out of the abundance of infinity. I mean, He is limitless. He doesn't have a little bit of mercy that He can give you or just a little bit of grace or a little bit of this, right? He has eternity at His hands. So if you need wisdom, He's not going to give you a little bit. He has all eternity to draw from and give to you. He will give to you in abundance. And it will be what you need to get through. He does this because He provides for us. But then finally, the wonderful Counselor guides us. Jesus' wonderful Counselor guides us. You go to a Counselor again, you, you want guidance. Right? You, want to provide for, you want them to provide for you those steps which is going to guide you to where you want to be. Right? If you do step one, step two, step three, step four, you should be here, which is your end result. Jesus, as our wonderful Counselor, guides us and leads us. And there's really two aspects to this. And the first one I think we need to understand that is where Jesus leads and guides, He wants to guide us to the cross. Okay, I mean, when He came to the earth, He came to seek and save the lost. Right? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. John the Baptist, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The whole point of Jesus' ministry was to guide people to salvation through the cross. So He wanted to guide you and me this morning to the cross so that, that we would be saved. The first three points really ultimately add up to this because more than anything else, this is what we need. Do we need wisdom? Yes. Do we need patience? Yes. Do we need grace? Yes. All that we, we need. But our ultimate need is not each one of those. Our ultimate needs is that we need to be saved. Our ultimate need is salvation, to restore the broken relationship with God that our sin has created. And Jesus is the only one who can do that. And when He came to earth, He came to guide us to the cross so that we would be saved. And then, after we come to Him as Lord and Savior, He continues to guide us as well. Right? You remember those old Ronco commercials for that little, it was like a rotisserie that you set it and forget it. Y'all remember those? I begged Atlanta for one of those. She never got me one. Probably grateful. Right? But Jesus didn't come to save us and forget us. Right? He, he didn't die on the cross and, and save you from our sins and go, all right, great, here, I'm going to not pay any attention to you for the rest of your life on this earth. Just, just go, don't bother me. Right? After He saves us, what does He do? He continues to lead us and guide us. John 10, remember, we looked at that a few weeks ago, talking about He is the Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd guide their sheep. Jesus guides us on the path. He wants to keep us on the path. He wants us to follow Him. And it's not just some winding, meandering path. He wants to guide us to righteousness so that we can be more like Him. Because we all know Left to our own devices, we wander off the path. We are all like sheep who have gone astray. Right? I, I don't need to remind you of the times in your life when you have wandered off the path. Where instead of becoming more like Him, we become less like Him. 
Right? What does he do? He comes and finds us. And he leads us back. Because he is a good shepherd who wants to guide his sheep and he wants us to follow him. So it says, my sheep hear my voice. We hear him and we follow him where he is leading us. Because he is a wonderful counselor. He guides us. Who is this coming Messiah? He is a wonderful counselor who we are told in 1 Corinthians one twenty four that he is the wisdom of God. And as such, he demonstrated that through his incarnation that he understands you, that he cares for you, that he provides for you, and he guides you. He is the wonderful counselor who has promised that he will be with you even till the ends of the earth. He is a wonderful counselor who this morning is calling you to follow him because he wants to guide you. And this morning, he is either going to guide you to the cross because you have never come to know him as Lord and Savior, or as his children, he is saying, Follow me and I will guide you in the path of righteousness. You've been listening to the Gary Talks About God podcast. Are you looking for a church? Well, Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church is a community of believers who exist to glorify God and see transformed lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can find us on the web at www.redbankmbc.com. Also, come visit us on Sunday at 8104 Red Bank Road in Germantown, North Carolina. Did you like this podcast? We put one out each and every week, so don't forget to subscribe. We hope this has been a blessing to you, and we thank you for listening.